Welcome to Fast Cars, Fast Girls. We are your IndyCar experience. And today we have got uh, two gentlemen with us. Well, you might call them that until you get to know them. Uh, but we've got Steve Whittick and Patrick Stephan from Trackside Online. I'm just kidding. I love you guys both. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, let's let's just get started with kind of what you guys what you guys do and how you how you got trackside online started yeah let's get the business stuff out of the way first how about that sounds good patrick you <laughs> want to take that one sure um uh trackside online is an offshoot of what was originally called trackside live which was originally called oval track news a guy named matt shrum and started oval track news um about the time of the founding of the indie racing league and matt was a veteran reporter he'd been a reporter all over the country different places and he'd been an actual serious reporter he liked racing he wanted to start something up he started trying to do it as a newsletter it was an actual printed monthly i think it was newsletter and then that moved in the internet uh make a long story short matt couldn't make a race at pikes peak international raceway in 1999 and uh some of the other guys had seen that i could write mildly coherently on some of these internet forums back in the day even that old cesspool, the Speednet one for the Indy Star, uh, <laughs> and moving on to Track Forum. Um, so that got me. So Matt said, "Hey, can you go cover this race for me?" So I said, um, "Okay." I'm not a trained journalist by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, so I did. And then, like within a year and a half, I, <laughs> me and Matt and uh, partners Joe Berkemeyer and Dan Slosser, uh, all put together uh, Trackside Online, and we uh, have been around. Since then, uh, Steve came on, I want to say, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, I think five or six now. Five or, so, five or six, like and uh, joined us um, because for years I did it all by myself. I mean, there was a big, long stretch there where I had those partners. Um, but then they kind of all fell to the wayside. Dan is now a karting guru. Um, people hire him to run their go-karts for him. He's a, Dan, his son's an engineer. He's a tuner, a mechanic, travels oh, the world awesome. on racing go-karts. Uh, Matt has uh, since moved on to doing other things. Uh, Joe Berkmeyer um, still works in racing to a degree. He is a spotter for the TV broadcast. So he works uh, pit lane in you know a different capacity. And, and uh, But for years, I mean, I think it was like six years, I went to every race by myself. I mean, I was the only guy doing almost anything. So um, thank God we got Steve to come along because I had two children pop along in the meantime. So uh, <laughs> they started taking up more time. But uh, so, yeah, so it's me and Steve now. And Steve's been around for five or six years. And I think it's three years we've had TSO Ladder. Yeah, which is a, basically right. Steve's baby. He covers the road to Indy um, and all of, all over the place. Uh, Steve is one of your guys. I think Steve and Rob are the two. Steve and Rob Howden are the two people you go to ask questions of if you want to know who the young kids are. They're up and coming. You want to know all about them. Uh, and it's gotten to the point that now brag on Steve a little bit. A lot of these kids and their parents come calling Steve asking them where they should go. You know which teams they should hook up with. And <laughs> that kind it's of thing. So fun. I love dealing with the the kids and the parents and it's been a it's been actually really interesting and the reason you know it's reason i started doing that is so you get to know some of the younger drivers uh, mm -hmm. as they come up and then you, once they get to indycar you have a, a good relationship with them so that's always nice sometimes it's hard to to form those relationships with some of the more experienced drivers so mm -hmm. it's always good to have those relationships built before they get to indycar yeah and, and just to go back a little bit i used to also be a uh Pit reporter for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network, now called the Indy Racing Radio Network. 
Uh, so I was a pit reporter for them. Again, one of those things where I was in the right place at the right time. Somebody retired, uh, a girl I was working with named Kim Morris. I was her spotter on pit lane. Pit lane. She was going to step away for a little while. And uh, Mark Jaynes and Mike King said, hey, you just do it. <laughs> we, we know you've been helping her out and you, you come up, you know, all the, you all have all the knowledge. So just here's a microphone. You just start doing it, which was, I am not a broadcaster by any stretch of the imagination. I think I'm good at asking questions. Um, and I'm relatively physically fit so I can run around in a fire suit. I think that's how I got the job. It seemed like pretty good requirements to me. So yeah, that's that pretty much, that was, that was the extent of it. Now I, I haven't worked race in a few years. I, I was always their sub. So I've been fired, I think nine times by the radio network. Um, I got fired so that other, all these other different people could come in. Um, I trained Kevin Lee. I trained Bob Jenkins one time. When Bob came back, I had to teach Bob how to use the new equipment. So, oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> I worked with Kevin. I worked with Kevin Olson for many, many years, and uh, that was entertaining at, at all times. Let's just put it that way. I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we got to here. So that's where we are. So. Excellent. Maybe we can talk about some of those stories after we record. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can tell a few of them on the air. Some of them are not so, yeah. So, TSO and TSO ladder, um, both important because, you know, the kiddos coming on up, which they will always be the kiddos to me, I think, now that I'm definitely older than they are. Trust me, they call me Mr. Wittek, and I just, I'm like, oh, that's hot. But, and, we, and we forgot to get in the presented but trackside online presented by okay. Honda Racing at HPD, and then the TSO ladder is presented by Cooper Tires. So. Hashtag Team Cooper Tire. Yes. Correct. Hashtag Team Honda. Whatever. <laughs> That's true. We both we both drive Hondas. Um. <laughs> Whoa. I know. Well, and I I even looked at a Chevy because we thought it'd be funny. Uh, when I was buying the minivan, I was like, it'd be great if I bought a Chevy since Molly's been Team Honda, and so I by default was Team Chevy. But uh, Hondas happens. just get better gas mileage. I mean. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Uh, I, I love my little Honda. Well, I went from a tra- I went from a Traverse to a accurate mdx oh so i would as i would you know that's when we signed our honda deal my next i had the next car i made sure that was one of theirs but it's a it is it is is interesting i I think you guys the same thing i always try and support the people that are supporting us and supporting Mm -hmm. indycar so there's you know most of my cars have cooper tires (laughs) um if not cooper then they're firestones because the folks over there have been fantastic to us for oh yeah all the all the tour work we do which we could get into if you really want to get bored but uh, all, all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, we always want to take care of those who are taking care of us. The the tours are not boring. If if anybody gets an opportunity to take the tour with you guys, it is hands down one of the most insightful things. So don't sell yourself. I mean, the tours are amazing. We have fun doing. It's one of my favorite things to do on the weekend. It's really cool to. It is. It's, 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 I've, I've gotten to the point. That's what I like to do more than anything else. Yeah. At the racetrack. So. And it's fun because we we mix it up like we do indie carnation tours which are really in depth but then we do stuff for those are you know, hard NTT or right those are hard and then we do stuff for ntt or, or other new sponsors and those you know you you have to go okay these aren't the hardcore fans i've got to like yeah. i've got to tone this down a little bit i've got to explain a little bit more um it yeah, is a race fun. car <laughs> yes yeah. here's 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 how pit stops work here's how long the yeah. race will be mm. yeah but then the indie carnation one i they, you get people drilled. Ask, yeah, people you ask you, people ask you legit questions. You're like, oh, crap. I don't know what the new weight is this weekend. I mean, yeah. you know, they added seven right. pounds, but they took something off. Or like, 
All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, like people who were at Gen Con when they, you know, yeah, question writers of a show. And they're like, now on episode this and this and this, this didn't exactly follow the storyline. And you're like, um, okay. Uh, uh, that's, uh. I, I, I just I just forgot that detail. That's all it comes down to. There's no yeah. conspiracy here. Uh. I love the incarnation tours, though. I mean, I enjoy hanging out with those people. But sometimes, <laughs> yeah, they are, they are the ones I have to prepare for the most. I can make it up for the, the sponsors, and they're not going to know the difference. But uh, you can't get away with that with the uh, nation yeah. tours. No, the army not. of peepaws will not let you misspeak. I mean, I love them all, but no, you can't no. get it wrong in front of them. But they do. I like it. the nice thing is in a lot of this kind of fun is IndyCar paddock, and I don't I don't know if we're going where we're supposed to or not. But yeah, the IndyCar paddock is so uh, open and mm-hmm. friendly, which is mm-hmm. this whole coronavirus thing got me baffled at how we would even operate now. Because you can, I can be walking a group of IndyCar Nation fans down a, you know, from going from Firestone over to some car or going from Firestone over to Fuel or something, and I'll I can see a Connor Daly or I can see almost any driver. And they'll come and stop and talk to people for five minutes. I yeah. grab Doug Doug Bowles. I can grab Jeez. Ari Leyendijk. Yeah. All these guys will just still just stop and chat. And these fans are like, "Oh my god, you just say hi to them and they start talking to you." I'm like, "That's how it works around here." <laughs> you right. You're that. like, you're like, actually, don't, don't you... chase them down. Just say hi and walk with them. And that's mm-hmm. the best way to ever meet a race car driver is to walk with them. There's Wherever they're going, just start they're going that going way. Somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Go that direction. Yeah, I, I will say that's the best. Oh, I think one of the you, and you knit, you hit the nail. My goodness, speaking has been hard for me today. Hit the nail. I had the paddock is just so open and everybody in it's just like, hey, how are you doing? I mean, it's it's hospitality. How are you doing? How's your mom and them? Where are you going? Okay, you know, let me chat with you as you were walking, and then you just say bye and go your separate ways. So no, absolutely one of the greatest things. Yeah, and it's not uncommon, you know, for someone like Mark Miles to be walking by and, you know, I'll wave at him and he'll come over and tell, talk to people for a while because it's just the way it works in IndyCar. It's just It's been very open and it's continued to get, it's even become more open, which is crazy to me, but um, it just continues to be just such a great fan experience. And everybody, that's, you know, I think everybody's realized that the fans are what make the sport and the drivers and the team members and the and the staff of the series understand that, and that's what makes it great. It's just a big group effort to keep growing and making everybody feel like it's a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, it very it it does very much feel like a family. Yeah, don't get me wrong. During what we're going through here, I miss seeing race cars on track, but I miss seeing my friends probably more than that. Right? Like I, you know. Yeah. seeing the people I'm used to talking to at the track, you know, there's a, you know, the group of people that, you know, I'll talk to every weekend and it's weird not to have that right now. Um, but we'll get back and it'll be fun. It'll make everything feel more sweeter, but I, I think, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, we all want to see the cars, but we just miss everybody. Cause yeah. it's Definitely. true. We've actually been doing Skype calls with video, um, with with um some of the pain tour um yeah, yeah when we watch the i racing events because it's like well we would have seen you at barber we would have seen you and so yeah so it's like we've all been getting together and we hold up and share what you know what beer we're drinking or what we're mm-hmm. what we're eating for molly it's usually nachos yep um, it's, a, it's a race day staple nachos are good <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's definitely i'm like i miss the racing but yeah i i absolutely miss seeing everybody see each weekend and um and i will say that's another thing that's great about indie carnation members although i'm not great at remembering all of their names the first time off 
man, their their minds are like a steel trap. Like you do one tour and it's and all of a sudden it's like there are a thousand people who know who you are immediately. They uh, um, yeah know who you are but that's a good thing and you're right I, it's great i mean they're super friendly and then it's like every time you see them and we did like you know we did like two things with incarnation next thing you know it's like there's 50 people that say hi to us every time they see us and i'm yep, like exactly. well these people could not be nicer this is awesome yeah <laughs> oh boy well and that's going to be on the i'll, I'll toss this like we know that's going to be one of the challenges mm-hmm. of when we get back to racing with this whole COVID 19 issue um is that it's going to be different. I mean, we hear the talk of this this quadruple head, everybody and their brother racing at Texas, but one day at a time thing is what it sounds like they would probably try and do. And yeah. That sounds like, yeah, you can get the racing done that way, but it won't be, you're missing, so much of it will be missing. Um, and I got to point this out for some of the sponsors, not being able to, not being able to go themselves, not being able to take their customers mm-hmm. almost, yeah. it almost makes it useless to have, almost makes it an immaterial event for them. So much of IndyCar has been built around, uh, especially the IndyCar economy, has been built around bringing people to the racetrack. That's become such a huge part of it that it's not just about the TV, the idea of the TV. Yes, that'll entertain some people. That'll bring in some sponsors. It'll shift to, and probably on some cars, shift to which which the sponsor actually shows up in big letters. Yeah. But right. the yeah. I, idea of not entertaining people, not doing tours, not talking to anybody, that's going to be real hard for a real hard adjustment, and again, I think it's going to hurt a lot of these teams on the uh, on the financial side. Of course, not running at all hurts them too. So you yeah, have to make, you have to weigh that out. How much are are we going to go and not make any money at all, or go and lose, you know, yeah, forty or fifty percent just by showing up? So. Yeah, well, and you know, any kind of racing, it's one of those things that if you're if you're not already into it, it's hard to translate your first experience on TV. Um, and into that experience at a track and, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a very different, just a a totally different experience altogether. Even if you're interested in racing and you haven't really gotten into it, you know, watching it on TV is fine, but it's, yeah, it's a totally different experience. So yeah, it's like not be able to bring sponsors to the track. I, I can see where that, uh, I I know quite a few people. I mean, I like you guys, I mean, meet these fans at the racetrack, we meet people and we, most of us started out as fans. I mean, that's, you wouldn't, I hate to say this, everybody starts out as a fan or else you wouldn't take it to that next level. So, mm-hmm. but the, that's where any carnation's done a great job of like converting kind of fans into, into hardcore fans. Um, and a lot of these people, if they don't get that kind of insider view, they don't get that pit tour, they don't get to do that kind of stuff. They don't really get hooked. They don't turn around and watch all the races on TV because they don't have a vested interest. Mm-hmm. And right. that's, it, it's going to be hard to sell the sport. Uh, in this environment, um, except for the idea that there's nothing else going on. Yeah. yeah. It's true. That's the, the filling a void is going to come in handy for a lot of us. <laughs> it is. Well, and yeah, there's some article I read um, or a statement, maybe it was the statement by Texas Motor Speedway, um, <laughs> that basically said that, you know, auto racing is in a unique position because there isn't you know, that athlete on athlete contact that you have in a lot of other sports, that auto racing coming back without fans on the stands is probably going to be one of the first sports to return in a modified way. Uh, yeah. One of the first major sports for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, and it'll be even, I think you can even go back to, you know, club racing and stuff like that could probably start very soon just because if you've got no, if you've got, you know, a club race with two guys working on a car and one driver, you can do that now. 
Mm-hmm. It's you know that's possible to do, but it's it's going to be interesting for IndyCar especially NASCAR. It's interesting, right? The two sports are are intertwined, obviously, and NASCAR's definitely gone more to the business to business sponsorship model that IndyCar's used for a long time. But there's still a lot of consumer sponsorship there. IndyCar, you know, right now it's a lot of business to business, and you know there's there's a benefit to having your name on the side of a car during a TV race, but that's not the reason a large chunk of IndyCar sponsors are there. They're there because they can use the track and the hospitality to entertain their customers and bring in potential customers and mm-hmm. possibly do business with other sponsors. So that's going to be, it's going to be finding a way to, to work with that side of it where you can keep your partners happy. Um, you know, and I, they'll figure it out. Roger, I think, you know, the right guys in charge, Roger Penske, he'll That's figure true. it out, but it's going to be it, like, like Patrick said, it's going to be interesting to, to figure out exactly how it's going to work. Yeah. It'll, it'll be an interesting adjustment. Yeah, but well, and, and I'll jump into the next, the logistical hurdle. Let's just, yeah, pick, let's just gonna... pretend this Texas thing happens. Um, I'll have to get cleared by my real job to find out if I can yeah. even leave. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, so I thought the same thing. Um, we, have, we have a restriction on personal travel right now. We, I mean, same. of course, corporate travel shut down, but personal travel, I mean, I have to, I have to get that cleared by a vice president. And that, even though I'm working from home. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not working from home, but, but yeah, we have a restriction on personal travel right now as well. Um, you know, when it first started, it was like, okay, we recommend that you don't go anywhere, but we know people have plans. And then it went to like, no, you're, we, we don't recommend that you travel. And if you travel somewhere and you end up getting quarantined there, like tough titties, that's going to have to come out of your PTO. <laughs> yeah. Logistically, just thinking about opening. I mean, first it gives me a little heartburn because, oh Lord. But like, yeah, people getting yeah. cleared for travel and, you know, people on these teams, even the crew, that's not at times their full-time job, you know? So right. now you're dealing with that. And then of course... Well, think right of the safety. Time. Think of the AMR IndyCar safety. AMR car. guys, yeah. They, oh, those those are all firefighter they, EMTs all but, around the country. They're coming from all kinds of places. Yeah. yeah. And then so. you've got, you know, your partners. And I've talked to a few, and I won't name names, but sure. there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to travel, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of corporate that, you know, that aren't going to be able to travel. And the ones I've talked to said, you know, there's going to have an awfully good testing plan in place. And yeah. that, you know, it's going to be have to be... It, yeah, it's going to, like, logistically, it's going to be interesting. Very and I, interesting. I, and I try not to get too wound up about this, but I, I think with some of these states opening up, uh, I live in Colorado, we're going to go to safer at home instead of stay at home uh, on Monday, and which means we're basically going back a step. So social distancing where you're, you're supposed – now you're supposed to be wearing masks, stay six feet apart. I predict we'll have a bunch of sort of six feet apart block parties popping up every two feet but mm-hmm. uh, in my neighborhood again. But – you know, people, I don't know if they're going to open soccer up, you know, for my little kids. Schools aren't going to open. So all of that's all, all in, in, up in the air. And with all that up in the air, I'm just, I think we'll find out mid-May yeah. whether whether it's working or not, you know, or the numbers shoot spike through the ceiling. There's just no way. Then now June's gone again. So that's my, yeah. uh, yeah, if, you don't, I don't know if it's, if everything stays kind of on a downward trajectory, I'm, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, mm-hmm. um, but my, my personal opinion is not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's right. Or wrong, but if it's on it, everything's on a downward trajectory. Things are just going to start going. 
yeah. whether that again right or wrong or not we're gonna get to june and again this is early june so we have six weeks or so uh they're gonna just let stuff happen and just let it run it run its course as sad as that may be yeah no i i, <laughs> I think you're right is that it, it will be here i'd say in the next two or three weeks depending on those numbers just hopefully and, and hopefully meaning some of us have to make plans and buy airplane tickets oh, oh um, I've got, I, yeah. I have airplane tickets for every race this this year except for Iowa. I've already I purchased them all. I've been loaning Southwest Airlines a lot of money. Uh, how, how are you how an does, adult? <laughs> yeah. How does it feel to be that good of an adult? Um, they were really cheap. Um, well, nice. I yeah. bought a bunch of tickets for almost, I mean, I got tickets, almost everything. I, I think I'm over $200 once, and that's something in October. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. And, that's spe- and that's speculative. I don't even know for sure if that's the date of the, this race that I think is going to happen. So, But uh, besides that, I'm yeah, the, t- the tickets were so cheap, and it's, since, since I fly Southwest exclusively, I can bank the credit mm-hmm. and use it again whenever. I'm not too concerned about that. We'll go. We're going to use them someday. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. I love flying Southwest. Though they are messing with schedules. If you haven't, and, and the beauty, another beauty of another travel tip: Southwest, you can just go in, especially people from the, do it from your laptop, not from do it from a desktop, not from your phone. But if you go to change a ticket, it'll give you the list of all the whether you're paying more or paying less. Yeah. And you can just do it. You can do it ad nauseum. You can change it every day if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done, I, I will go and check those whenever they have a sale, go and check your existing tickets that you've already bought and see if they went down. Okay. And well, you can exchange them in for cheaper tickets. I can do the adulting travel tip thing pretty well. Like, that was, that was that helpful. Look, we were really adulting when we had the first two trips nailed down. And then all of a sudden we went, well, we're just not going to buy tickets right now because God only knows what's going to happen. So. Right? Well, we, 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 I'm we, not we like Patrick. I don't. A bunch. Yeah. yeah, we adulted it up for the for the for, for the St. Petersburg race. Uh, I flew down Thursday morning, landed, yep. saw the news that no fans were going to be allowed. That happened while I was on the plane. Steve yep. said, "Go home." <laughs> so I never even left the airport and flew oh. back. So I, I got up at two in the morning and I was back in Denver at two thirty in the afternoon. Oh man! And we left Steve there for the for the, the one day sessions that happened. Yeah, that yeah, he got a couple of we rode into, sessions. Yeah. yeah, and then we That's... came back. We we like we you know what, there's no reason for having two of us here getting sick. So yeah, you're already That's there. Right. See ya. Right. <laughs> the uh, the the level of emotions and as things were progressing because we were down there um, with a bunch of the pain our pain tour friends um, and so. It started out, it was like, okay, only people with grandstand tickets can come. We were like, all right, cool. Then it was like, okay, now no fans, just media. And so then Molly and I were like, well, screw you guys, but uh, I guess we'll see you afterwards. Um, And then it was like, only media that's working on, actively working on a deadline, this and this and this. And they were like, well, that's you guys too. And we're like, no, we're not that (laughs) We're like, no, 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 nope. That one absolutely (laughs) does not include us. We got the you're not special email and we were like, well... Looks like we're just hanging in Florida. Oh, well, okay. Here's here's the deal. I've had a hard card for what, 20, almost twenty years now, and uh, yeah. I I got that email when I was at home. Well, at so that I, point, I think I think I got one of those. Well, they already went home, so we're we're making our list. Of, we're going to shorten this smart thing. So we're tell, tell make make sure we at least pretend we told these people they couldn't stay. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Well, Steve's staying. I'm leaving. That's that's our answer. So. I mean, I get that. So, I'm like, okay, thanks for telling me I didn't need to be there. I I, yeah. I made that decision on my own too. So. And I, and one of us will be there. We have Trackside Online has covered. Every IndyCar race for twenty something years, and even a bunch, of, most even most of the open tests that includes the Brazils, the Japans. With someone, we've been on site, so 
someone that will continue to happen. There's a race. Someone will be there. For us. Somebody will be there. So. Same time, same channel. Which, speaking of which, okay. So since you have gone to every single race um, in existence, that's just how I'm going to say it now. Do you have? Hmm, I always hate to ask people like a favorite race. You're like, well, I just like to go to this track. But like, is there like thinking back on your historic and, and history career? What's your favorite moment? Well, it could be on or off track. Oh, uh, my favorite moments have been. Um, there's been a bunch of on track ones, but uh, sure. and of course we always always uh, you always exclude indie in these conversations. Yeah, you have to. No, I get um, that. 100%. Um, yeah, it's like you know, around here you can't say what's your favorite concert venue, and you can't say Red Rocks. You have to pick something else. So, because yeah. um, Red Rocks just wins all the time. I was gonna say Deer Creek, but then I was like, he's not in Indiana. He'll like her. Be quiet. Um, no. <laughs> you know, I was like Deer Creek, then I was like, oh no, he's in Colorado. Nope. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so the the flyaways, the one way back when we were doing all the flyaways, those mm. were always fantastic. And to this day, frankly, the Toronto yeah. um, is one of my favorite events to attend. They don't always make it easy to have fun up there, <laughs> but the city is so great and the racing is fun. Uh, I mean, it's it's I don't know, and the people are the fans. The fans in Canada are are fantastic. Uh, Japan has been was one of my favorite trips every year we went. Sometimes grueling. Sometimes when I was first started out doing this. We probably couldn't really afford to be spending, you know, a quarter of our budget on one race, mm, but mm-hmm. that's what you had to do. And I would leave on like Wednesday, which meant you get there Thursday. Oh, um, wow. And then you, then I would take a bus to the track Friday and Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday practice, turn home, turn around and come home, uh, Sunday night. And that gets you home Sunday afternoon. Oh my so, God. To get home. For you. Um, so I would do some of those, or I would go for a whole week and just wander around the city. I mean, I need to pull pull up the old archives of Trackside Online. I used to just do these travel things that were, you know, people seem to enjoy. And I just liked writing at the end of the day to just wandering around Tokyo or whatever places we went. Um, Brazil was a bunch of fun. And yeah. that was, the thing about the, the Motegi trips, um, especially was how uh, democratic it, it became. Hmm, really? <laughs> uh, small, you know, uh, small D democratic uh, because uh, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything leveled out. There was no hospitality. There's, I mean, there, I mean, there, there was, there was some, but none, none of the U.S. teams really had, had it. It was, you know, yeah, all built for Takuma Sato or Tortakagi or uh, any of those guys that were racing. So it was all built around them. And we all ate breakfast. You got on a bus at six in the morning. You drove to the track. It took an hour to go the twenty miles to the track. Oof. You got to use that's two lane roads that forty kilometers an hour, away. <laughs> and you had a. You would sit in these big buses, and then we'd pull in, and you'd go. All you'd get, I'd get off the, we'd all get off the buses together, all the hard cart people, which is mostly crews. Mm-hmm. So you'd be sitting, sitting next to a bunch of mechanics, and you go into this tent, this big giant tent, and they'd have breakfast. Oh. It was bacon and eggs, and you know the bacon wasn't cooked, you know, because they, oh. they won't burn anything in Japan, as we all know. So it was, uh, you know, they, it was just, you know, that would, they, you were standing, you'd have a tray, and you'd be standing next to. I remember one time I had Roger Penske on my left and Gene Simmons on my right. I was going through the, I was going through the lunch line. <laughs> and I'm like, now, okay, things are weird. But you know, it, that you know, you said, would be quite the, like, quite the interesting combination of guests to join you for a meal. Oh, it was, uh, I had, I had lunch with Gene one time over there and it was off the chain. <laughs> weird. I mean, incredibly intelligent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, a showman. Um, a little obnoxious. Um, oh. even in that setting, <laughs> but it was entertaining, but those were fun. I mean, in the States, um, for me, the newer ones that I didn't get to, you know, pre, you know, I was an IRL guy, so I didn't get to the champ car world of like road America getting mm. up to see that now is a lot of fun. Um, 
those, I mean, those, those, those it's the stuff that feels like a trip. I guess that's yeah. the, I, I, I love Texas Motor Speedway the first 10 times I went, but that's kind of not as, not as mm-hmm. cool as it used to be, but I like Texas now because it's an easy weekend. It's just a relaxed weekend. I know it's just super stressful on the racetrack and that build that builds as it goes on, as we get ready for the race, that stress of high bank oval, mm-hmm. you can see on mm-hmm. people's faces as the weekend goes on. But as far as the, the schedule, we're the only ones, people, we're pretty much the only ones there. So you got all day and it's nice and open, it's nice and laid back and you, know, oh. you, get done, you get done early and you leave on a Friday night and you, you watch half the truck race on the infield or something. Then you drive back to the hotel and you can actually go eat dinner. Right. Hang out by a pool. It's a very nice weekend. Oh, yeah. If you're not oh, driving took, a car on it. Took, that was, you know, you just remind me of one of the best trips I had. I took my daughter when she was seven, uh, four years ago, down to Texas Motor Speedway. And we had a blast. It was oh. her first ever IndyCar race. Uh, I ended up having a, that was the year we got rained out, by the way. Mm. Um, but that up until it rained that day, we went to the, there's a water park about two miles from there. And uh, Pirates Cove, I want to call it. And we hung out at the water park. And we hung out some friends that just took her and put her in her R- their RV for the weekend. And I mean, it was, that was a blast. It was a really good weekend. Other than the freaking rain and never actually seeing the damn race. But right. yeah. <laughs> so it ended when Joseph got upside down. So yeah. The one I miss, right, the one I miss most probably is Baltimore. Baltimore mm-hmm. was an absolute blast. Um, like you stayed at the track. So much good food. It was a lot of fun, um, but it just didn't. And it just the setup. Did you ever go to that one, Patrick? I don't think you did. Did I didn't. No, Baltimore was one I always missed uh, because because <laughs> it's my daughter's birthday back then. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It was it just the way it was set up was really cool. The paddock was in the convention center, so it was inside. It was and it was just wide open for the fans, and it was just, it was a really well run event at the time, but uh, it just didn't work out with the city. But yeah, it's. Huh. Um, you know, I started going to races a long time ago as a fan, and it's you know it's the old school races that the ones you know Road Americas. I miss I miss Milwaukee. I miss oh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a fun weekend. Um, but yeah, it's it, it they do sort of start to run into each other. Barbers become one of my favorites every year too. It's a lot of fun, and it's, that's one I haven't been to and I miss. That's a that's a that's another yeah. one for this. You could stay if you stay downtown and you feel like you're somewhere. But the track's pretty close. I mean, so it's yeah. that's a good one about that. Uh, another one, Steve, you, you reminded me of uh, how great Long Beach is. Yes, because you can you can be if you, I usually don't spend the three hundred dollars and I just stay right next to the racetrack. But <laughs> if you do, it's really fun, and, and you don't even have to. You can. It's so easy to get around. I know it sounds hey, it's so easy to get around in L.A., but for there, for the area yeah. it is, it's not too bad. You can yeah. get 10 miles away and get a much more reasonable hotel and just Uber around the place. And it's, you know, you can go to these nice restaurants and run into, if you eat, and that's one of the most fun things you're eating downtown in some of these places and you, and you just happen to run into people. You just can't yeah. St. Pete's great for that. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's perfect. But I, Iowa, oddly enough, <laughs> it's, really? uh, yeah, well. oddly enough, I, I, I enjoy the crap out of Iowa because there's not that many places to stay. So everybody tends to stay in the same, that's true. Yeah. Well, I, did, I did a tour last last time with Iowa. I know it was last year, where I stayed in like three different hotels in three different cities. They're all like an hour from the racetrack. And I went to <laughs> Knoxville. I went to Knoxville one night. And, uh, after, when we when we finished up, I went over to watch the sprint cars over at Knoxville. And that was pretty cool. So. That's awesome. That's a great trip, by the way. I'd, I'd highly recommend anybody, especially if we're going to run a double header Iowa this year. Um, if you can get fair. there, go. That'll that'll yeah, be fun. It's a lot really nice if you're not camping in Iowa, though. Oh, yeah, you just camped in the porn. The tornado. Range. Yes, yeah. we call it a tornado. <laughs> it's, 
So are you guys? So you guys are campers. That's the then. Then well, what I missed. Then so, what I missed there is Watkins Glen. That's the. That was yeah. great for that. But yeah, so we are um, we are campers by necessity. Um, no, I Patrick, Yeah, it's yeah because we we like to drink and so we, we well, have to. You're making us sound like raging alcoholics but you know. i mean we're not raging no we're we're being safe we're not we're not driving at the end of a day at a track where we've been drinking so yeah so we, 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 we can't by necessity and we have enough friends that camp that it, that it makes it fun yeah and sometimes there's an epic story like the storm last year at iowa yeah. or the <laughs> storm at barber oh my gosh yeah it always rains barber weekend that's it, it always rains given. barber that is a given oh uh, Barb, I'll give you a barber story on that. Then I don't know what four. I don't know how many years ago is it poured down rain. I want to say Elio one, maybe. Uh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just just dumped rain in the middle. And I was working that race for the radio broad, for the radio broadcast. And I got stuck. I got caught outside. So I was still out uh-huh. talking to people, and they're like, "Just stay outside. Go hide somewhere." So I was hiding in crew tents, and I I wind up in uh, Nicole Briscoe's car. Okay. <laughs> Because her and Ryan are hiding, you know, hiding over there. So it had been a little while. <laughs> they were Ryan was running there, so they were hiding over there uh, from the rain. And they were hiding. He's like in this like passenger car, just, <laughs> just sitting there talking to them and uh, hanging out. It was really just kind of a super funny deal. Cause I'm like, hey, we need to interview somebody else. So I'm like, well, I'll do it as soon as we can. It's not raining just enough for us to get out of the car so my antenna works again. Right. And we can go stand under a tent somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, I don't remember how many years. It seems to rain every year, but the one year they, whoever set up the media center tent, didn't uh, necessarily do a good job, and we had a river running through the media center tent. Yeah, was, that's, that oh. was the year. That was the year. And it's also the same year somebody like tripped over the Ethernet cord that was supplying the entire oh, yeah. media center with. That's right. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> Did yeah. it just disconnect everybody at once? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. that's, that's how I imagined it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's like that should be a scene in a movie we were, we were up the hill we were up the hill on the, on the tent back there so. yeah. oh yeah so. uh, which is weird because i've been there for but i've been there for more tests i think than i have races and the tests always you got to be inside and it was you know nice and you can look right. at the racetrack and then you go for the then you sit there near a tent facing the wrong direction where you can't see anything so. uh, <laughs> unreal oh that's uh, pretty funny well what are your favorite races <laughs> questions well, yeah, sure. Why not? Well, not indie, because you know, not that it's not our favorite, but we just always no, remove it. Yeah, um, not not even included because it's yeah, it's just assumed. I, I think Road America. I've always enjoyed Road America. Portland was great. Um, oh, Portland was great. It's yeah. I think those. I mean, I I enjoy all of them, but if we're ranking Road America, definitely Road America. Not just for the cheese, and then Portland. And Road, America, Road America definitely has the best at-track food. There's no yes. offense or buts about that one. No, I, um, that's that's a hill I die on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely for sure. Um, I want to camp at that one at some point. I've oh, can't, yeah. I like. I used to always camp at um, Mid Ohio, and I love. Oh, and I've you know oh, yeah. up until a couple of years ago, and I might maybe try it again. But um, you know, I'm getting old and sleeping in a tent, and you know that kind of stuff. But Maybe, maybe we should rent an RV, Patrick. Uh, well, you'd have to do that because I live a million miles from anywhere. So well, yeah, I know. From, 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 a, from a racing standpoint, it's yeah. The only negative of living in Denver is that I'm. I, what's my closest race? I... Yeah, you can't drive. Race. <laughs> maybe a lot between yeah. Iowa and Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I definitely want there to be a TSO RV at um, Road America now, guys. I, I need this to happen. I don't know how to tell you this, but well, we can. We need to go back then. Actually, back that would be Back to the Future. We used to uh, support a thing called Camp and Brew back in the day, uh, which was a party in the outside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So it's my friends. They, my friend Glenn Harm would bring his RV in, and a couple other guys. They would make a little U-shaped RV world, and uh, we would buy like two of the kegs for the weekend. So they would. Uh, put our name on it and uh hey, hey you know, and they had a guy that did barbecue i mean it was i mean like the, the, the barbecue was so good the cops were all hanging out there that's, that's awesome so yeah so they were um but then they were right the corner right in the corner of the coke lot that first corner there uh oh, just outside yeah. of turn four so um and i've i've done similar things i'm thinking about and we actually this all blew up recently with you know me and steve been talking there's an rv rental place in uh, indianapolis that uh, I might do that by, for the 500 and just set something up, you know, for the weekend. That's a great idea. Uh, just you know, in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, I got a, I got a buddy that's got a got a yard. He'll let me set up in about a block from the track off of Auburn. So. Yeah. And have, I'll let people know when I'm there. So. You did that, the. I, I think the me being there is the important part. I'm sure if I leave the beer, it'll be just yeah. as occupied as if as if I were there. <laughs> I mean. If, yeah, if you leave the beer out, the people will come. Yes. Yeah, they'll, 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 they'll make it. They'll make themselves at home. Was that Steve, <laughs> Steve? Were you saying that you have glamped before, or was I hearing wrong? Patrick did glamping, didn't you? Do I did glamping? the very first year. The very yeah. first year, I uh, called Doug Bowles about it. I'm like, "What is this glamping thing?" And he hooked me up, and I'm like, "All right, I'll try it out." <laughs> and it was it was fun. That was we all got in a lot of trouble that first year because they didn't oh. know what to do with people inside the racetrack. Oh, we were basically supposed yeah. to be locked. We we're supposed to be locked in um, mm-hmm. every night, and of course, nobody's going to stay locked in. And I had stuff I had to go do at nighttime, all these events you do around the 500. So yeah. I would have to leave, and I had to park my car in weird spots, or I'd have to have a certain gate and a passcode to get in. I mean, they had all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But uh, it was awesome, absolutely awesome uh, to go to wake up at the crack of dawn and just get out of your tent, go to some metal shower thing, <laughs> you know, and. You, you know, you get the portable shower, and then I'd walk over to the media center. You know, that was and the coolest thing. The absolutely coolest thing was probably where I shouldn't have been. Was you know, at night you kind of sneak out of the designated area and go over like in the Pagoda Plaza, yeah. and then sneak your way onto the front straightaway when there's nobody around. <laughs> um, there was it was a whole lot of uh, ask for forgiveness, not permission, going on. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. You always ask for. The only thing that was actually very well guarded was the garages. There, 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 people were there all the time, and there were still yellow shirts wandering around. But you just watched them. You know, you knew you could tell him he was going to walk down and go check out turn four, and then that's when you would just kind of work your way by. Don't tell Doug. <laughs> Don't but I do some awesome pictures that I probably shouldn't have. Awesome. <laughs> I would encourage anybody that they still do as a version of that to, to try that out. The idea of camping and just being locked in—it's the eerie old speedway was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, well, and even, um, yeah, we have friends that, that camp for the GP um, when it's held in May. And, yeah, they they just, I mean, even just regular camping, not glamping. They're like, there's just something very cool about camping inside that track and waking up and yeah, and being there. Yeah. yeah, it was super fun. And there was a lot of cool race fans, a lot of hardcore fans when I did it that first year. That, I mean, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a bunch of 20-year-olds. The average age was probably in the 50s. There's a lot of older fans that had never that had, had dreamed of doing this decided to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, they would think, oh, I, this is the best thing. And there was a you know a few other reporters like myself, and but mostly it was just 
true Speedway fans that just wanted to try it out. That is very cool. The Indie Camping guys. Is that their, I think that's their handle on Twitter, Indie, indie Camping. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I met them there. They were there. So. Uh. <laughs> and they were they, they entertained me one night on the, was it Saturday? That was when they first started having the Legends concerts, the country concerts. Yep. And uh, we were watching that crowd come in and out of the place. That was a... Oh, that's... <laughs> they, they, they are some characters. Yeah. Oh, we... Uh, I don't we drink met... at all. I don't drink at all compared to those guys. Right. Nobody knows. Well, <laughs> that oh, yeah. We, we met them in the flesh for the first time at um, our first Mid-Ohio race. We had followed each other on Twitter, and our goal, one of our goals that weekend, we were like, okay, we got to find these guys because we knew that they were going to be there. And, of course, now we're good friends with them. Um, but, yeah, that first time we were, like, walking through, and we we're just kind of, like, looking at campsites. And it's like, okay, we know they should be around here. And then um, Doug, um, who I – Doug Thornton, I always say, is um, the, <laughs> the second most recognizable Doug in Speedway. Um <laughs> After after Doug Bowles, all of a sudden we just hear fast girls. We were like, uh, Andy camping. Like, yeah, hey, we found you. You guys are always easy to find, though. You have the flamingos. Flamingos are always easy to find in the campground. It has made it very easy. It's uh, yeah, that 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 has turned out working out very well for us. I remember looking. I can't. Was it a Mid Ohio? Maybe I was looking for your campground, and I see the golf cart with the flamingo on the top driving around. I'm like, oh, I'll just follow that back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Perfect. That's um, either us how or Molly. Make those third. Well, Molly, you wanna you wanna take that? How the pink flamingo started? Oh, we lost her. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so the second year we went to Mid Ohio, the because uh, they do a camping contest every year, and we yeah. didn't realize that our first year there. Um, and we we love to decorate um, Molly's family at Christmas. Like it it used to be like Christmas vacation. Um, nice. I mean, just completely over the top. And um, so we're like, oh, there's there's a theme and a camping contest. Like we're we're all in. So the theme was pirates. And so Molly's dad. Um, was going to come and and he was like i'm gonna handle decorating the golf cart we're like cool like not a problem all right and so he says um he's gonna get um a rubber ducky like an inflatable rubber ducky to put on a big blow up rubber duck yes yeah Yeah. like same size as the flamingo we had but rubber ducky and we're like okay i mean pirates have parrots but rubber duck like whatever okay Water, like, well, rubber water duck. Yeah, we like, can make it. Yeah, it works. Cool. So he orders this, and then it then it goes on, and he's like, "So it's not a rubber duck; it's a swan." And we're like, "Okay, that's that's an interesting choice. I feel like we're stretching here." Mm-hmm. Um, and then it arrives, and so he goes to open it and blow it up um, and show it to Molly and her mom. And he tries to pass it off as a pink swan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to which Molly was like, uh, "No, that's that's a fucking flamingo. That's uh, not a swan. Not a swan. Not a pink swan. That's not a thing. That's a flamingo." Um, and so we just leaned into it. That was that was the bird that arrived in inflatable form. Perfect. 
And so we just leaned into it and acquired some more flamingo things. And then it just, our, our flock just keeps growing. So um, by, by complete accident um, and an Amazon purchase by Molly's dad is how the flamingos happened. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. but yeah, it is, it's like, like our own little mascot. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I'll tell you what, though, at, um, at those races like Mid Ohio and Road America, where there are a lot of people that have golf carts outside of just you know the the official people and teams and whatnot, um, you know, because you can show up to different areas at Road America and Mid Ohio, and there could be you know fifty golf carts parked there yeah. uh, to go mm-hmm. and watch in one spot. And an added benefit of the flamingo, which we didn't even think about, is that we don't have to search for our golf cart. That's ever. true. <laughs> Yeah, and lose it. No, it, everybody else is running around like looking at is this the number? Is this that we just walk straight up to ours? Right. No, it's awesome. It also provides some fun photo ops for uh, for, sure. <laughs> for any of our followers. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, but yeah, that always makes me laugh. Yeah, AMR uh, stopped by last year in Mid Ohio and they couldn't find us initially. <laughs> Um, and I was like, I don't know how you can't find us. And they're like, well, we're getting ready to leave. I'm like, no, I'm coming out on the golf cart. Just follow me. Uh, and awesome. so, right. So they, when they get to our campsite and, you know, they, they just weren't going down the rows. Once they got there, they were like, oh my God, there's pink and flamingos everywhere. How do we miss this? I'm like, this is what I was saying. I, I literally don't know how you guys came in this area and didn't see us. <laughs> it's helpful That's to find awesome. the campsite after a long day. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a good way to get back to your campsite, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, very cool. Uh, hopefully yeah. we can get back to that soon. Yeah, the yeah. AMR people, um, like at Road America, they they enjoy knowing where we're watching because when they go yeah. out and do like their track inspection, they always try and spot our golf cart. <laughs> That's awesome. And That's Dr. Great. Bellows will uh, try and snap a picture that he'll he'll text it to us and be like, "We're yeah. waving at you, ladies." <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, Dr. Bill is such a good dude. He's such an amazing guy. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to jump in here since you mentioned an amazing guy and a fun guy. And I'm going to okay. give my little tribute to Bob Lazier. That's okay. There you go. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and I, and I and I know for a lot of newer fans, they don't they're not quite as familiar with the Lazier's, or they're only familiar with Buddy's last couple of attempts. You know, at the 500 that didn't go well. <laughs> like you know, very underfunded team. But uh, you got to remember going back, Bob Buddy Lazier was. Uh, was a king, you know, king guy for a while. He was one of the top, top three or four people in the, in the Indy Racing League when it first started. You know, he had had almost a career in cart. Uh, he run a number of races, of course, but never quite got into the top tier rides. But uh, but he was very very talented race car driver. Um, his dad Bob though is was one of the nicest people on the circuit, and Steve will attest this. Oh, everybody knew fantastic. Bob. I mean, like every and every and Bob didn't know a stranger. Not oh. not a one. I. And I, I'm lucky that I live in Colorado. So, uh, you know, I'm originally from Illinois, but I live in <laughs> the Denver area. And um, at one time, uh, Bob used to own an airplane, and he was going to start flying me to the races. And we were all set to do this, and then Buddy's ride changed for the next year, and they weren't going to have as much money, so they did, you know, so Bob parked the plane. But uh, I'm like, that that, that would have been my, my high-flying deal. I was going to help subsidize them getting the racetrack. But uh, the only problem with that was they wanted to leave 10 minutes after the checkered flag. <laughs> oh, like, as soon as he's done we're leaving like i don't know if i can pull that off i gotta write a story here eventually but anyway so uh the cool thing about bob was uh i would always see him at the airport i fly to and from indy um going in for the indy 500 going down to the you know, other races you just you know he would go in late and you know 
you know, late at night, he'd fly weird hours like I do. Uh, so I would always see him and we'd sit and talk and he would just like, like Steve said, he didn't know a stranger. I watched him talk to people that he had just met. Like they were his best friends. Oh, wow. I mean, people would come up and like hear us talking and um, like, and they would know me. I, I see some of the same Denver folks flying in and out. I would, they'd know me and they come up and say, Patrick, I couldn't. So I'm like, this is Bob Lazier. And, I, and then they would be long lost friends. It was always a super cool thing. I'd run into Bob at the, uh, I would kept, I would run into it at his hotel. Uh, he's been, a, he was a builder, uh, developer, I guess might be the right, right word sometimes, yeah. but he was a, a contractor. I mean, he built stuff with his own hands was a lot of what he did. And, uh, he built, um, his pride and joy was the Tivoli Lodge. That's the hotel they've, he built a lot of things that got sold off, but he owned the Tivoli Lodge. And uh, they had a tough year one year. They the city the city of Vail wanted everybody to upgrade their facilities. They had a multi billion dollar plan going for you know town of Vail, Vail Resorts. Everybody's going to get in together. Hey, we're going to really make Vail look nice. And you got to know, which, you gotta which was funny because this is Vail. One of the first guys to build anything in Vail. Yes, like I think the resort opened in '61, and he Bob, he, he, he Bob, showed up there two weeks after they'd opened the Vail. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and wow. then I think he built his first building there, and like two years after Vale, the, right. the resort even started. Um, so he's like he's old school Vale. He's been around forever, and they yeah. asked him to upgrade. You know, this tear it, hotel, tear it down. He, he oh. had to rip it down, and uh, you lose all that revenue for a couple of years. And they and they were supposed wow. to be open one year, and they, they were, because of construction delays, they were they lost almost the entire season. Yeah, and it was right around the the financial crisis, wasn't yes. it? Yes. So yeah, so they were late getting open, and I finally get a chance to go up. It was right around the financial crisis, and I remember this because I decided, you know what, uh, Bob had kept inviting me up, kept inviting me up. I'm like, all right, I'll come check it out. And uh, so I go up there, I check, I, he, he takes me up to a room, and uh, the room is beautiful. He goes, but hey, this one's not done yet. And literally the room with like the furniture, well, the furniture wasn't all in the room yet. The TV still had a wrapper, still had wrapping on it. <laughs> they were that <laughs> level of not done oh. yet. And uh, also staying there with the, was the Connor Daly Doug Bowles family, the the so the dailies were all there, all out there, all the kids were out there, and uh, okay. with Doug, so we're all gonna go snowboarding. We go snowboarding all day. I meet up, you know. Doug has this awesome picture of me trying to take a jump where I might have gotten a good seven inches of air, maybe eight. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I looked cool at the time, but I mean, I mean, you feel like you're flying. I was barely off the ground, and uh, I've gotten better since then, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, watching the snowboard with Connor and all those guys, and they were all doing, they were all really good doing these tricks, and. uh it was just a fun day. We get back, we hang out with Bob for a while, and then uh, then my wife calls. My she's at home with my newborn, mm. and uh, not the happiest of campers in the world. When she realizes I'm spending the night, she Ooh. thought I was going for the day because I go in for the day all the time. She's like, "Oh, you're staying the night?" And she was not a so. Doug, Doug and Bob convinced me that my best place to be was to go to go back to go back home. But yeah, uh, but Bob was super cool about it. He just, he, he, I mean, they literally helped me pack my stuff back up. Yeah. Didn't charge me anything. It was, I mean, he was couldn't have been a nicer guy about that whole little uh, that whole experience. But every time you saw him, he was your best friend. He would yeah. you'd be walking down the pit lane and he would seek you out just to talk to you. Yeah. Would have anything to tell you? Wouldn't have any news. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't looking for anything from you. I mean, he wasn't asking me to give him a hint on where he could find a sponsor. Or who had a ride that might be available, which uh, back in the early IRL days was a very common thing. And I could always, I could help people out with, you know, this guy needs seventy grand. They've got, you know, they think, you know, you got to cover the insurance money plus twenty grand. <laughs> That's yes. what they want, and you could have a ride for the weekend. And uh, you know, you help put those, those you help put those kind of deals together sometimes. 
but uh, this wasn't that case. He just wanted to sit and talk, and his kids were equally as nice. Um, yep. I said this in my story I wrote. The first interview I ever did with an IndyCar driver was Jacques Lazier at Pikes Peak International Raceway. Oh, wow. And that was my first day, and Jacques made me feel like I was the most important person in that room. And then I got up and I left, and I'm like, that was awesome. And I look, and the next guy walks in, and he does the same thing for the next guy. I'm like, what a night. And it wasn't fake at all. They were just genuinely yeah. nice. They were really good people. Uh, yeah, there's a measure of a man. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I saw Bob was at Chris Griffith's test in October at the Speedway because his grandson, Flynn, um, is trying to get into the road to Indy and he was testing. And I walk into the garage and there's Bob and Buddy and Flynn and food gets delivered and Bob goes, are they feeding you guys over there? I'm like, no. He goes, well, come on, sit down, eat dinner or eat lunch with us. So I had to sit and I mean an hour talking with Bob and, and just how proud he was of what Fl- Flinny, he called him Flinny, what Flinny was doing. He just won the SCCA runoffs in uh, Formula Atlantic, which Bob had done in 19, so probably 40 years, 50 years before that, that in 71, Bob won. Yeah. Uh, same, same basic championship SCCA runoffs. So, um, you know, that's all the last few times I saw Bob. That's all he wanted to talk about was what Flynn was doing and, you know, how much they wanted to get Flynn to IndyCar. So it'll be – it's going to be tough, you know, because I know Flynn, I think, will be doing some Indy Light stuff this year at some point, and it'll be tough without Bob there because Bob's always been there, um, you know, yeah. and Buddy's always been there. And, and Jacques always – you know, it's they've been part of the background of IndyCar for a long time, so he'd be missed. He's the, the smile, always smiling. Even and when, even when they were struggling those last few years to make the show, didn't matter. He always had time to talk, chat, wanted to know how you were. Um, you know, always offering up, hey, you know, come out and stay at the lodge anytime you want. But in the off season, it was always in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed by all the IndyCar people that go through his hotel. Oh, oh yeah, sure. I mean, it's a who's who list of uh, anybody that's ever been but in the Chip sport and stayed out there. One of the you know, Chip and Bob were good friends, right? So it was, mm-hmm. yeah, he's one of those guys who not a lot of people knew a lot about because his racing career wasn't that long. Um, you know, he started late. Uh, he did a lot of, you know, Formula V, Ford, Formula Atlanta, Formula B. Um, he made it to IndyCar, did one season, um, came back to do Indy the next year in 82, and um, that was when Gordon Smiley had his bad accident in qualifying. Yeah. yeah, lost his life. And Gordon and um, Bob were good friends from Formula V days. And Buddy actually was all upset, and Bob just quit on the spot. Like Bob had a ride, car ended up making the field eventually, but Bob just quit on the spot because Buddy was so upset. And then yeah. it turns out Buddy goes racing, which is that's just you know. And Bob supported him 100 percent on what he wanted to well, do. Well, I heard stories that Buddy and Buddy's a little bit like in a, you know, like a Rick Mears. Um, what he was doing on dirt bikes and skis, yeah, they kind of decided, why don't you go race cars? It'll be safer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and that's the Rick. That's, that's Rick Mears. Little, literally, Rick Mears tells a story. Mm-hmm. I do some interviews with him sometimes. Uh, some hospitality stuff with Rick, and he tells a story that his mom forced him to forced him into auto racing. That's funny. Which was to get him out of the desert buggies and to get him out of out of out of a motocross. Yeah. They thought he'd be killed doing that, so they figured car racing would be safer. <laughs> so, and those and those are the you know we can translate away from it but those are the those are the great human interest stories about how people get into racing in the first place is always right. bizarre i mean uh we've got so 
what is it? Uh, it who's our, our our young kid? Who uh, is it? Tewitz? Help me yeah. out. That, that like won a carding shootout when he was twenty one or something. Yeah, Aaron yeah. was a good Aaron was a good carter when he was younger, but then he decided, oh, I'm you know I don't don't have the family money. Went to mm-hmm. university, went to school, uh, got out of school, said, you know what, I'm going to give this one shot. Went to a carding shootout, won that, got into Skip Barber, won another shootout. And all of a sudden, you know, he's driving for Lexus factory team in IMSA. And still, you know, I still wouldn't be surprised to see him at some point in an IndyCar. But, you know, it's just a later, later bloomer. Even got, you know, like, it's just, it's fascinating, the, the personal story behind some of these guys. I mean, Newgarden didn't start till he was, what, 12? Yeah. And it's, yep. and it's funny because I have I have a, a friend of mine, like so my friend Dan, has been working with some of these go karter kids since they were five and six. Isn't that wild? And they're it they're is. retiring at twelve. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it it just feeds in one of my favorite questions. I always love asking people. It's just like, how did you get here? Because no story is the same, and there's always oh. that unique twist. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's it's one of my favorite. Okay, so what brought like how how did this happen? And yeah, so many great stories in our paddock now and 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 prior about how people got there. Yeah, it's. Gosh darn it! I'm sad and I miss racing right now. Which is what always makes me fast, uh, upset when people try to stereotype race car drivers. You hear oh, the yeah. rich kid one, and then hey, a lot of these kids are rich kids. A lot of it's family money, and that goes down to the dirt track, by the way. So people need to mm-hmm. back off of that. The local dirt tracks are mostly families, and yeah. that's what they want to do with their money is go racing. So yeah. um, if you want to crawl from, you know, go up from that, a lot of times it's it's just more money. Yeah. And and you'll talk and you'll talk to people at the Chili Bowl that are that'll flat out ask. I mean, people find out I'm an IndyCar. I'm hooked up with IndyCar people. Well, how much is an Indy Lights ride? And you'll tell them like, oh, man, I can't do that. I can run the, I can run the Outlaw Tour for two years on that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so you like, you'll spend it. You just you just won't spend it all at once. You don't you want to spend yeah. it all at once. Like, you're going to spend the same amount. You're just going to yeah. spend it doing a different. Uh, I want to say Sam Hornish Jr. was given his inheritance as a yeah. what a 20 year old, 19 year old. Yeah. And and say hey. You, here's here it is. You can go pay for a season or two of uh, Atlantics and yeah, and you somewhere. Season of Atlantics and the, the first three IndyCar races, right with Dyatlovich with Paul. Yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, something like that. Did well enough in those three races that he got hired. And that's the you know that's the hope, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. I remember, yeah, those first three races, he was running the, the old generation chassis and was still competing with people. That was the crazy yeah. part about that. Oh, that's yeah. insane. He was in the '99 car and that was in 2000. So. Just to date myself and, and to date Sam Hornish Jr., who's no longer a young kid. Yeah, no. no. Um, He's had a full career now. He has. But yeah, it is very interesting. Um, but but yeah, it is it is unfortunate about uh, Bob Lazier. It's always, it's always very cool to interact with people because there are certain people that just have the ability to make you feel like you were the only person in the world when you talk to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And not everybody has that ability. I mean, there are lots of people who are great communicators, but but don't have that ability. And it's just it's a it's a special, um, a special ability, a special personality trait to be able to, you know, be in a a crowded room and you have a conversation with somebody and you know that they are you know a hundred percent present and you are the most yeah. important person to them right now. Yeah, that's a fantastic skill. And frankly, it's it's why some of these drivers have sponsors i mean it's why some of them are still around um it's why they stuck around long enough for their talent to shine Mm -hmm. yeah because even if they're not selling it to you they're selling to somebody i mean they're they're making and that again and and you want the most talented drivers in the field i am i'm not this it shouldn't be a personality contest you want talent but sometimes you need to have the other part of it or you don't get to let the racing talent come across 
no, it, it's it's a mixture. You you got to be great at what you're doing, but you also it's a salesman job at some point. You know, there's yeah, that. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the, these aren't the, the product days is yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, exactly. It, it really is because you're you're you know you're helping these companies and these sponsors and your partners interact with you know their customers, right? You you're now you know you're the one who is presenting you know their company to other people. Well, it's funny because the, the way they train the young kids now, and Steve can talk about this a lot because he helps with that part of that. Um, but the way they, these kids coming up, they're they know this at thirteen, they know this at twelve, yeah. and you first, they're they're really good at the sales thing. And then sometimes these goofy little children, children. Um, I'm going to call brats, but I'm not supposed to use that word anymore. Um, these goofy little children um, will have they play games. The, 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 you'll see the kids on the podium. You'll be if you stand close to them, like while they're getting ready to come up and do their little interview with Rob or whoever. They play these games where they're going to try and work a word in. No. They'll come up with some stupid word that they're going to, that everybody's going to try and work into the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> Very much like the uh, police officers and super troopers trying to work meow into a traffic stop. It's, yeah. yeah, it's stupid yeah. stuff like that. It is literally that, and it's just oh, funny sure. to watch them. And you, and you can kind of tell when they're playing when they're playing. And the great thing about it is they're having fun. Yeah, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they're they're having fun with it, and they're using their brains to get across their point and, you know, have this goofy little game going on all at the same time. And get well, the word part in a press conference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that kind of goes back to just what we were talking about earlier, you know, that camaraderie and family sense that we have in the IndyCar paddock and, you know, in the ladder of, you know, we, you know, there's people who are like, oh, we need more rivalries and we need a villain and this and that. And, you know, not everybody likes everybody, but for the most part, everybody gets along and it's like they can, you know, in the midst of a serious weekend, you know, screw around a little bit with something like let's work in a silly word, something that's totally harmless and is fun. Right. And and you get that on the track, and, and you, I think you get that on the track. You don't it doesn't need to be. It doesn't yeah uh, yeah you don't personal animosity you know. And you don't need to manufacture something just to you know hype up the on track experience. The on track experience speaks for itself. I agree. Uh, so. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Rivalries, you know, you see it get pushed sometimes. Oh, we need a rivalry. They have to happen naturally. They're great when they happen, but they have to happen naturally. Absolutely. Uh, and it can't just be pushed, you know. At some point, it's going to happen, right? It, it happens. But then, you know, these guys are so smart. They figure out, well, I need that guy to take care of me on track. So we got to try and work this out somehow, somewhere. Well, right. I, think I was looking forward to this year kind of being Scott Dixon against the world. That was my... Oh, uh, yeah. Because I, I feel like it's that's where we're at now. It's It's... It's it's Dixon against or Dixon against the Penske's. I mean, you know, and, and it seems like it's it's always Scott kind of holding up the That's other right. end of that bargain. Yeah, of, of, of having a rivalry, it's having somebody to keep people in check. Well, yeah. and then you've got Rossi kind of sticking his nose in there too now. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So Rossi is Molly's favorite driver, um, and and I've yep. never disliked <laughs> Rossi. I mean, yeah, hardcore. Molly, Molly's a hardcore Rossi fan. I'm a hardcore Pagano fan. Um, and, and I've never disliked Rossi by any means. I think he's a hell of a driver. But he just, you know, wasn't really my cup of tea, you know, because he kind of came up in that, you know, European racing model and, you know, seems to be a little more of that F1 kind of like personality, a little more introverted. But with this iRacing and and hearing him on uh, Connor Daly's Twitch during these races and practices, I never realized how much I love Alexander Rossi. Um, his actual personality that we don't always get to see at the racetrack is, oh, I, I, I see so much of my own, <laughs> my own personality and well, and like, 
like just the things that like irritate him about the video game and anyhow it's just it cracks me up and so now i'm like i don't even know how you would paint him as a villain because he's so freaking hilarious um like well, even it, if it, even his if it first happened, his yeah, first like, year his first few weeks I would he say for, a little. For a few he was he was a little rough around the edge. Just when he got yeah. the same with the I remember the, the Phoenix. I think we had a Phoenix test that year. Yeah, uh, he, you were like, okay, this guy. He he was yeah. He had that Formula One ish standoffish, mm-hmm. shyish attitude. Um, but what I I really think, and it, it just took him a little a little bit to come out of the shell. Not a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't very long after we. Some of us in the media figured it out. Some people still thought he was a jerk, but some people figured out that he's just. Uh, a smart ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he doesn't do mind stuff. being one. Doesn't and he rules lightly. Either. No, he does not suffer. And that's that's, not, that's yeah. You don't and, ask him a dumb question because he gets. Oh. And it, sometimes I'll ask him a dumb question. I'm like, geez, that was a dumb question. He goes, yeah, it was. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. He goes, or then don't show up halfway through a press conference and start asking the most basic questions that you know we already covered. That okay. drives him up the wall. And and it drives okay. a lot of the drivers crazy. Um, some of them are better at handling it. He doesn't, like I said, he doesn't suffer fools well, so he can just read it on his face. Yeah. yeah. Some of the other guys are like, yeah, I already got that. And it's, right. uh, Will Power, I mean, Will is my favorite guy in the freaking press conference room because you never know what Will's thinking. No. He's, answer, <laughs> he's answering questions because he's not, he's not thinking about you. <laughs> you know no. the questions or he's thinking about something on the racetrack. I, mean, I asked him one time, Will, what are you thinking about right now? He's like, well, what do you mean? I go, you're you're not really paying attention. And what, what, is, what do you what what what's going through your head? Is it something with the car? Is it something with your baby? <laughs> He's like, and he gave me some answer about some. He went just soft to some total tangent of nothing. He goes, but what I was thinking about Patrick was when I got out of here. I just want to know when I'm going to leave. So I've been concentrating <laughs> on when I'm going to leave. I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, I just want to go home right now. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, well, and they 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 we had a little thing last year where they stopped bringing all the top six in for fast six qualifying uh, not to get into inside baseball and my whining but and some of the drivers that just didn't like having to do the top six or fast six qualifying because some drivers get a lot more questions than others um yeah. some of them are there every week so you don't ask them a whole lot <laughs> unless true. they're the pole sitter um and uh so they this it wasn't and some of these little rivalries are starting to build and they didn't want to be sitting next to each other all the time so the the series kind of let them get away with it a little bit of, Hey, you don't have to come. They didn't bring all the top six in, but I noticed in the rule book this year, by the way, they are all required to be there again. Oh, so hopefully this gets enforced when we actually get on the racetrack, by the way, because those, those moments when they're picking, when they're picking on each other and you can tell that's when you can really see where the rivalries actually are and mm-hmm. who yeah. really doesn't like each other. Who does is when they're all sudden they all have to sit there next to each other. If you tee up some good questions for them and get them going, <laughs> then their personalities come out and that's when it's really super Try and fun. work another word in there for him. I'm just kidding. Uh, they, you, know, you never know about that, but, uh, well, that's true. You never know about those guys. Um, but, uh, it was a Jenna Fryer asked some questions. She's like, why do you guys all, you guys all seem happy to be here. And the drivers were all like, what? She's like, well, I've been covering NAS- five rascal races in a row. And then I come here and, Though those drivers don't seem like they're happy to be in the media center. You guys don't seem like you're happy to be here. We're like, then they were all the answers all the drivers gave us well, because we qualified well. That's why we're happy to be here. <laughs> I mean, not being here is the worst option. So we're decent human beings. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know they're going to that. They, they just, you, know, <laughs> you know, and Graham can Graham's a fantastic interview. He's great. He 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 gets people going. Oh yeah. He'll get oh, people going yeah. to press conferences sometimes. So. Him, him, and him and Will were talking about who could win a fight one day. It was really funny. So. <laughs> I would not fight Will. Nope. Uh, oh hell no. No. Okay. I think that was Will's answer. Hey, I'm Australian. 
Yeah, you, uh, that was my I'm first out. thought. I'm like, um, kangaroos, kangaroos are, are basically boxers with a giant tail. Um, that's the land he came from. No, not a chance in hell would I would I bet okay. against willpower to fight, fight him. Australia was founded by a bunch of prisoners, right? It was a prison colony. They've all got a little bit of, you know, Australian. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's bred into the people. And yeah. Australians will, will be the first to tell you that literally everything on that continent tries to kill you. Well, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they are a tough people. Uh, yeah, no, you know what? And that's not just willpower. I don't believe that I would get in a fight with any Australian. No. no They're tougher than I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm woman enough yeah. to admit it. <laughs> Accepted it. Moved on with my life. Before we forget, by the way. Now, you guys, look, I'm trying to circle back and make sure I cross off the things. I was like, don't forget to ask. Yes, I know. I meant to, ask, I meant to say this earlier, but yes. Um, so, with Trackside Online and Trackside Ladder. Uh, online. How, um, yes. Um, so, tell, well, tell the people they how they you? can find you. <laughs> this works so well when we can't see each other. We just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You want to get well, it, Patrick? I got it. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I'm, so we won't talk over each other. We won't. I'll, I'll give you mine and you, Steve. So trackside.online.com, presented by Honda Racing and HPD. Uh, just trackside.online.com is our website. Um, a little tip right now is, with everything all shut down, we're not even marking most of our stories for subscribers only. So you want to read? Go go read something. Feel free to go read it. Um, uh, we'll we'll turn that that switch back on again. A little later when things are really happening. But, but uh, anyways, twenty-two dollars a year. And I was gonna say it's, it's very reasonably priced. It's not even two dollars a month. Exactly, twenty-two bucks a year. Get you all kinds of IndyCar coverage, all the press releases, all kinds of. You get my opinions more often than you probably should. You get Steve's <laughs> actual news all the time. Um, <laughs> then uh, TSOLadder.com presented by Cooper Tires. That's Steve's baby, so he'll tell you all about that. Um, TSO Ladder. Dot com presented by Cooper Tires. Um, it's uh, free to read for anybody. Um, and you know what? We haven't done it yet, but you know what? That's something to give me to do over the next couple of days is, you know what? Uh, if you're listening, um, go in there tomorrow and you'll be able to, we'll figure it out so that I can, we can get, you can subscribe to that for free. Uh, we used to charge 10 bucks a year, but, um, you know, we let people read the stories for free no matter what anyway, so we might as well just let them subscribe for free. So if you're interested in getting that uh, Road Dandy news in your inbox, some people like to get it in their inbox. Some people like to go on their own, but um, uh, their own time to the website. But, yeah, just head over there in the next couple of days, and we'll get it sorted out so that you can uh, subscribe to that for free if you want. Yeah, and, that was, and the 10 bucks was just for the email service. That's, yeah. Oddly, oddly enough, we have to pay for that. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need 10 bucks, but it does cost us money. Um, then uh, you can reach me on Twitter if you ever want to complain, at TSO underscore Patrick. It's my Twitter handle. So uh, I'm on there a little bit. I'm not crazy. I'm not on there all the time. And it's and I don't have a separate racing versus personal, so sorry. You're going to get all my opinions on everything <laughs> under the sun, whether you like it or not. So, And you and might get pictures, on, in the, like, pictures in the dark when I took a walk last night at 11 o'clock. Things like that. I saw that, and you were like, it's a beautiful night. I almost commented back, like, I can't tell. It wasn't a very good picture, but I, I know, to think, well, there's, I saw, there's a, there's I a saw, cross on a mountain in Colorado. 
I it's wonder a, what that was. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm not sure what I'm looking at here, but yeah, I saw a giant saw cross floats in the air on a mountain, and I was trying to take a picture of that. So. Well, it definitely looked like it was floating, but yeah, I got all excited. I was at work, and I was like, ooh, he's in Colorado. This is going to be pretty. And then I was like, yeah. okay. Not, a, not the right camera for taking low light pictures. So. <laughs> it happens. Good. Steve, what's your Twitter? Yes. Uh, at Steve Wittick. And then do at Trackside Online, too. Yeah. Okay, good. That's all news. That's just straight news. Um, that's, that's the real world. And then at TSO Ladder for Road Indy yeah. News. There you go. Excellent. Yeah, Lots I and lots of that. that. Interestingly, see, there's still some, a lot of drivers are still getting signed for the Junior Series. I've seen some news there. So mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and I think we'll start to see a little bit more news. I think it's going to be interesting. We'll see what uh, ends up happening. I think things aren't going to... There will not be much racing in Europe this year at all, so I think you might end up seeing, if we get racing over here, you might end up seeing a few more drivers come over this way. Um, that would be my guess, anyway, which would be nice. That's Logistics for that, yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, legit, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, yeah, and that's a, you know, there's a couple drivers that got, ended up going home, and there's a couple that aren't. You know, Rasmus Lynn, Swedish driver in Indy Lights right now, he's stuck over here. He's staying with the, one of the team managers. Um, for his Indy Lights team, and then there's a couple that managed to get home. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting on the logistics side because a lot of those kids, you know, if they're not that, you know, if they're 15, 16, they'll fly back and forth. So yeah. uh, between the two countries, some move here, some don't. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, there's yeah. I'll, I'll end with a silly story. I remember a few years ago when Connor Daly was a uh, he's on the ladder. He was working his mm-hmm. way up. He wasn't even in Indy Lights yet, I don't think. But then uh, I was talking to Doug Bowles one night. Um, you know, just fishing for some stories and information. And uh, so I was talking to Doug, and I'm like, well, what's going on? He's like, I came home today, and there's seven race car drivers living in my house. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, a bunch of these kids, they're all down there playing on simulators and, you know, game, you know, playing Playstations or whatever, but they're apparently a bunch of these kids that had come over from Europe that knew Connor or knew each other and uh, somehow worked their way into, like, all sleeping in Doug's basement. That doesn't surprise me knowing Beth. <laughs> yeah. They, they, didn't, they, more, they didn't even know who some of these kids were. They were it was their home for wayward wayward race car drivers, I think it's what yeah. they're called. It, so. You know, the number of people that have stayed in the Bulls' basement is is pretty hilarious. I made a joke about it last year, two years ago. Um, it must have been two years ago when I was moving. Um, <clears throat> and we were chatting with Beth about it, and she says, she's like, so where are you going to move? And I was like, well, your basement. I heard it's vacant again. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like I'm br- bringing a cat with me. I want to. I want to join the uh, the club of people who have lived with the bulls. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. And um, so yeah, so when we are back to racing. Make sure that you uh keep an eye out for Patrick and Steve and say hi to them. Um, they're very, very, very nice in real life as well. Um. Yes and know much more than us so if you have any very technical questions that's yeah i mean we'll give you an answer and it'll sound like that we're confident in it but it may or may not be true but these gentlemen will tell you the the actual truth every time so and if i don't know the answer i I can get it that's my thing the tech tech, believe it or not folks the tech guys are really nice people just sometimes as a race fan just go over and ask them they'll tell you tell you (laughs) yeah especially if it's in the rule book right <laughs> which was our big thing coming out of the coda test was they weren't quite sure on some of the new halo you know some of the rules around the the halo and that kind of stuff and how they you know they were they mostly just said you got to use factory parts and uh air intakes got to be here and that kind of crap but they were already running into some teams trying to get creative and 
having to write rules kind of on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> but Anytime they produce something new, the teams will do their best to Figure take it, it out. Yeah, yeah, find a loophole. I mean, necessity That's is the mother thought. of invention. Yep. <laughs> so... Well, gentlemen, thank you again. Thank you uh, I say for everybody listening, as always, you can find us at our website, www.fastcarsfastgirls.com. Um, and you can link to all of our social and subscribe uh, to the podcast right from there. Make sure that you like, rate, and review, pretty please. And then, gentlemen, we like to end with a white flag. So it's like our, our final thoughts. So we're going to white flag it. Give there us your go. final thought. I'll go first. Quiet. <laughs> We will go racing this year. Um, I'm of the opinion we need to make sure it's the when is properly handled, but there will be racing this year and there will be racing with fans. So just sit tight, folks. Stay away from each other. Wear your masks. The more you wear, the longer you wear your mask, the sooner we get racing. Right. The the longer you you abide by the rules that you're supposed to, the sooner we get back to it. Wash your hands. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I just I just take heart and also remember it's the second week it's the what the third weekend of third week of april it's mm-hmm. we're not in the middle of july you haven't missed that much yet <laughs> so yep. it's not where you haven't missed the whole season yet so we, we'll get it in enjoy the fall <laughs> <laughs> yes yes get ready to be watch a lot of races in the fall because i think that's going to be it's going to be a very busy time uh for all of us um I don't have a whole lot to add to what Patrick said. It's, uh, you know, it's been fun to get to know you guys over the last couple of years. Um, you guys are so much fun and it's, uh, it's nice to come on and, and get a chance to introduce ourselves to your fans. We'll pay you later for those great compliments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the, you have to talk to me. I take care of the invoicing here. Okay. I'll send you an invoice. You guys take Natter Days as payment, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just need to make sure. We can also pay you in pink yard flamingos. I don't know how if you have too much of a need for that. They Scotch, are free range. Scotch is a really good idea, by the way. Ooh. Oh. You, you can do well. You can do well with either one of us with Scotch. We both. Mm. Well, oh, oh, this just took a turn. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you Patrick, got? Meyer? You need to spend more time at our campsites at races. Yeah. <laughs> what do I drink every day? Uh, Doers. What I like to drink every day? McAllen. Mm. Um. I even drink I, right now. I'm actually drinking some of the uh, due to the lock-in and not going to my regular liquor store. I am drinking in the Kirkland <laughs> Scotch. Yep. Hey, you know, we all have to it's not bad though. It's it's, it's not that bad. It's not. You know, the Kirkland it's a good brand. Scotch to drink. When, it's a good Scotch to drink when you're having more than one. There you yes. go. Yes, it is. It is yeah, their Canadian uh, Canadian whiskey is good if you're mixing it with something and you're having more than one. The only mix, the only mix should be ice at the most. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple of rats. A little bit of coke. Yeah. Alcoholism with no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, I, I've been rewarding myself. No, um, oh lord. <laughs> so, you guys, I'm a nurse, and so um, it started out as a joke, but then today I, I realized I had to replace my bottle because it became kind of a fun morning tradition for me. I've been working nights, so this will be my white flag. Is during. <laughs> During the lock-in, where everybody, most people are home unless you're essential, do some good self-care. And this is in my self-care. Um, when I finish a shift at the hospital and I come home, I open the back of the van to pull out my bag of the clothes I wore at work and everything that's contaminated and disgusting and, you know, get ready to take it inside to throw it in the washing machine. And 
when this all started the first day that I, cause I don't, before all this, I would just wear my scrubs to work and then I would just come home and I didn't do this whole rigmarole of changing things and not trying to cross contaminate. And so <clears throat> the first day that I do that, I open the back of the van and I realized sitting in this back little cubby is about a half a bottle of fireball. Right. And I was like, huh, you know what? It was a long night at work. Don't mind if I do. So I opened her up, took a shot right out of the bottle, grabbed my bag, shut the van, went inside my apartment, did my laundry, went to bed, you know? And so then every morning when I would get home, it was like my reward for, hey, <laughs> it may have been a busy night, but congratulations. You're home now. Here's a shot of Fireball. So that's that's been my my morning self-care. And um, so I had to replace my Fireball this morning, and, and the shot was just as delicious when I got home. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that up with a white flag. <laughs> I, I, I got no, I'm just going to join in the others and say, one day we will go racing. And when it is of time and the right time, it will be great. But until oh, then, yeah. please do what everybody tells you to do. Okay. And so it, it makes me cranky. And enjoy the, and enjoy the iRacing. I mean, I know people are, yeah, just, it's fun. It, it's just, it's silly fun. It's just, it is yeah. what, it, enjoy it for what it is. Don't, don't take it too right. seriously. Don't take it not seriously enough. You know, like when you're oh, playing video games yeah. with your friends, don't crash people on purpose. But you know, yeah. you don't I, need to cry if you get crashed. That guy, but but yeah, yeah, enjoy it for what it is. And I do enjoy what, what I do want to echo Steve what you said. Um, we have thoroughly enjoyed meeting you guys. Um, Absolutely, you guys have just been, I mean, just welcoming and fantastic since day one. And um, and yeah, we appreciate that coming in as new kids on the block a couple of years ago and not really knowing too many people. Um, it's been very fun to get to know you guys and. Um, and get to know you better. There's, you know, it's like all of a sudden there's that day where it's like we realized, oh shit, we all have the same sense of humor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This this is a game changer. Okay, now we can have some Dangerous real fun moment. conversations. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Well, thank you guys again, um, everybody listening at home. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands. And stay inside. <laughs> yep. Stay inside so we can see you at a track soon. Bye. Take care. <laughs>